welcome to the fifth episode of the man makeover podcast there are very exciting times coming up on this podcast we have a very interesting lineup for the next three episodes before i go solo we have a life coach a psychiatrist and a functional nutritionist so exciting times ahead at the man makeover podcast so today we have aditya He is a finance professional with 19 years of corporate experience. For the last couple of years, he is pursuing his passion of working with people. He is an author and a coach. He specializes in inner transformation using core values and emotional intelligence. CEO Insights Magazine has recognized Aditya as one of the top 10 life coaches in India for the year 2020. So, without much ado, I will get into the episode. as i pick aditya's brains on the core values eq ego and all these so let's go ahead hey good evening aditya thank you for joining us thank you for being on the man makeover podcast so Let's Thank begin. you, Akash. So, Aditya, you're a life coach. So, I wanted to understand what kind of coaching is this, and who is this for? Um, so, a lot of times we have a misconception about coaching. That's because we hear people uh, talking about sports coaches uh, for for teams like football or cricket or whatever, uh, or the coaching institutes that we have where things are taught. Okay. agar is uh, coaching per se or executive coaching or leadership coaching uh, that these are the buzzwords that you hear these uh, coaching is where um, a coach works as a mirror basically mm-hmm. so why do we need a mirror a mirror because to look at the blind spots that we are not able to see ourselves right mm-hmm. there are certain aspects of a personality that we excited by so a coach works with an individual in helping the individual rediscover himself or herself okay. okay and how does the coach do it the coach doesn't need solutions the coach doesn't give any uh, directions but uh, the coach uh, helps the individual uh, look at different perspectives by way of questioning things so okay. so the powerful questions that uh, the coach asks the individual makes the individual think in a different direction makes the individual think uh, in different perspectives mm-hmm. uh, gain different understanding and uh, go in depth into his or own self to to discover things basically so uh, mm-hmm. this is what coaching does in a nutshell okay when you say executive coaching does that mean this is for executives only for executives so uh, the the different uh, the life coaching leadership coaching executive coaching so executive coaching is typically aimed at uh, corporate executives okay uh, or business leaders uh, same as the case with uh, leadership coaching so these type these forms of coaching uh, look at the challenges that people go through in their corporate lives and help them overcome those challenges okay mm-hmm. um in terms of life coach the, the only difference is that life coach looks at all the spheres of life basically so so that, that that's what it is. 
but however you would see an executive coach work with an individual even on their personal challenges as well it's because more or less the um, the the methodology the the techniques and tools that are used uh, what works in a professional life can also work in personal life most of the times so so you don't see too much of a, uh, i mean the, the line is pretty thin is what i would like to say okay okay so while we spoke for the first time you mentioned something about eq right can you elaborate mm-hmm. what is eq to our listeners okay so emotional intelligence uh, uh, is is measured uh, and and that measure is called eq emotional quotient okay so emotional intelligence if we were to look at um, emotional intelligence is 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 your ability to channelize emotions in in a, in a very wise way in a prudent way okay so what what it means is that it's a skill it's it's not something that people are born with that we cannot change it's a skill uh, if we really want to we can work through it and this this is your ability it it, it is your skill to channelize the emotions which is which is nothing but whatever emotions that are there of not just me but the people around me basically so an in- emotionally intelligent person is able to channelize the emotions of not just self but others as well and in a in a very wise and in a prudent way uh, not in a very manipulative way okay so why this is important is because we all look up to people who 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 tend to understand us well who tend to kind of help us stay grounded or when we are going through a turmoil they they help us calm down uh, so so these are nothing but traits of emotional intelligence the reason why this is important is because emotional intelligence helps you uh, not only manage your own emotions but also manage the emotions of others so what that does is it enhances the awareness levels of an individual it enhances the understanding of what emotions that an individual is going through and how do you channelize them for the benefit of uh, everybody around them basically so so that's the reason why it becomes very important and it becomes even more important for people at leadership levels so if you see um, organizations like world economic forum or linkedin in their in their professional report outs they are saying that this is one of the top 10 skills that individuals need uh, to be employable from 2020 and onwards uh, okay. that's primarily because amount of change that is happening uh, mm-hmm. and more so it is even relevant in in this current pandemic that we are going through mm-hmm. uh, for for able to conduct themselves in a much much more better way and in a and in a very uh, in, in a very balanced way okay so when you say that uh, you it can also influence the emotions of others can you just elaborate on this part for like say for example um, Like say for example, I always uh, so this I I remember this instance uh, uh, from about a decade back or so uh, when uh, I used to have a colleague, okay, and this particular individual, uh, whenever I would uh, whenever I feel a little low or down, I used to walk up to this person, and this person literally knows me inside out as to what I'm going through, mm-hmm. right? So. This person would have a very calming effect on me. He he would tend to go deeper into my emotion, and then help me connect to things uh, in a much better way. 
So when I speak to this person, once I end my conversation with this individual and come out of it, out of that conversation, I used to feel very calm um, and 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 kind of settled down, as opposed to the uh, turbulent uh, mind that I had, the turbulent thoughts that I used to have. Mm-hmm. So people will have uh, a tremendous effect and impact on the people around them. So so that is where emotional intelligence. Uh, uh and and the ability to manage uh, and help others manage their emotions becomes so very important like even all of us have such kind of people in our lives right like say for example sometimes uh, if you are talking to someone over the phone mm-hmm. okay and if you are and that person is uh, knows you well the person can make out that you are not going through in a right uh, going through a right frame of mind you are not in a right frame of mind mm-hmm. you are not going through a very good phase or whatever so they tend to ask you what's wrong right you don't have to tell them they would they would instantly catch it and some people are even so smart that even by your text message by reading your text message though you are not saying that you are upset or whatever they'll be able to pick it up easily right the reason why these people are important is because to help the other individuals who are going through challenging times emotionally bring them back and give them that emotional balance that they so desperately need what happens is if this is not addressed from time to time over a period of time these emotions start penting up within ourselves and will lead to much larger psychological problems that we keep hearing of uh, things like depression and all these things uh, they they don't happen over they happen over a period of time and that's the reason why we Uh, the emotional the emotionally intelligent people are so very important in our lives so what are these qualities of an emotionally intelligent person like you one one thing you said that it is being calm right so like like this so what are these qualities of an emotionally intelligent guy if you want to put it into perspective so uh, emotionally intelligent people uh, as as you rightly said they are they are calm and they are very composed okay um they they know the emo- i mean their their awareness levels are pretty high uh, not just the self awareness but mm-hmm. awareness of others so they don't just know that you are going through a particular emotion they also tend to get to the root cause of that emotion and address that root cause like say for example um if if i'm emotionally unaware i'll, I'll give a small example okay if i'm emotionally unaware of myself my awareness levels are pretty if you do something which which upsets me i would start shouting at you what i'm doing is i'm just venting out my irritation or anger or frustration and i may not even tell the cause of that and you as an individual you're quite perplexed as to what has happened why is this guy yelling at me why is this guy shouting at me okay instead if my awareness levels are high what i would uh, what i would know is that okay fine this is the emotion that i am going through and this is the cause of that emotion and this is what should happen if that cause were to not get repeated so when i talk to you i would talk to you about the cause and the action so the conversation is built around the cause and the action and when i talk to you about the cause and the action you really know what has happened and why uh, why i am behaving the way i am 
why I'm not happy or upset or whatever, right? So whatever I'm talking to you is not at a personal level; it's at a transactional level. Mm-hmm. If if I don't know this, my conversation is at a personal level. I start I start telling you that you're always like this. You don't have common sense. You do these things like this, and and all that stuff. So all these things that are that I'm saying. tend to be at your personal tend to become a personal attack as opposed to talking about the transaction and when we talk about transaction you know me much better you would understand me much better i would become a little more transparent to you the trust level increase as a result of that and once we once these trust levels increase the relationships that we tend to foster with other individuals they tend to become a lot more meaningful and a lot more in depth so coming back to the question of what are the traits yeah. so one of the traits of these individuals is that build long lasting relationships mm-hmm. they tend to build lot more deeper and meaningful because of this particular quality the other quality of emotional intelligent people which, which many people may not really know is that it's not very easy to convince emotional intelligent because they are not guided by emotions they are guided by facts they are very objective in nature you mean to say emotionally intelligent are guided by facts to... yes because they are far more balanced like say for example like the 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 one of the uh, very very uh, popular words that we get to hear is emotional blackmail or emotional atyachar right they don't get into these kind of things you can't you can't blackmail them emotionally you can't hijack their emotions because they have to control their emotions mm-hmm. right um one example is uh, nelson mandela I, uh, i think there's a movie also on this nelson mandela when he became um, the premier of uh, south africa mm-hmm. okay it seems bodyguards uh, the uh, the the people the security team that that was there to protect him mm-hmm. uh this comprised of white and it was led by a white gentleman okay, okay. so one of his uh, favorite uh, one of his very close uh, associates mandela's close associates he walks into mandela's office and says you know what uh, your security team comprises of all whites okay the leader is a white all right now you have fought against them there is a there is every chance that this individual may uh, harm you so you should change the team immediately mandela hears him and he and he starts off saying that you know what i really appreciate the fact that you are so concerned about me and and you came and told me however i have checked it out and i figured out that this particular person who is heading the security serves the chair and not the individual what it means is it really doesn't matter who is there in that chair for him his 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 loyalty is for that particular chair for that position so he would do the right things he would not harm me okay? however i really appreciate the fact that you have come to thank me or you have come to warn me against it yeah mm-hmm. and if i also replace him with people of my race and color i would be starting another apartheid right i would be starting another discriminatory system correct which is what i fought against so i don't think i should be changing this that that's his stance mm-hmm. now if you look at the whole thing mandela first understood where that individual is coming from what is that point the person's point of view and he acknowledged it 
He said, yeah, I understand where you're coming in from. And then he talked about the facts and the figures. He said, I have checked it. This person is so-and-so. This is how this person is. So I'm not doing this. That is a beautiful example of emotional intelligence, which is where a person is guided by the facts. The person is very objective. He is not getting emotionally carried away because of some uh, somebody talking about something. Over. Mm-hmm. No matter how close this individual is, this person cannot take an emotionally intelligent person for a ride based on emotions. Because those people are very, very. Okay. So uh, you said that uh, companies like LinkedIn and the other, um, the major companies these days are looking for, yeah, looking for uh, emotional intelligence as one of their quotient. So what are the ways a person can measure his emotional uh, quotient? So there are there are multiple um, multiple tools in the market which are out there, which can help an individual uh, measure his or her emotional intelligence. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there are two or three which are very top, uh, which are world class tools. One is uh, Daniel has worked on uh, so the emotional intelligence measurement tool that he has is is, is one of the top. Other is uh, Mayor Salave Kuruso model of measuring emotional intelligence. Okay, and the third one is by um, a gentleman by named Dr. Ruben Baron, and that tool is known as EQI 2.0. Uh, These are is the, the all the uh, companies use to measure. Majority uh, of the companies use these tools to measure uh, emotional emotional quotient. Okay, so once you get the co um, the uh, score of your emotional intelligence or emotional quotient so when you see that you are on the lower levels of the side how do you grow i mean how do you build your emotional quotient <clears throat> what do we build our emotional quotient it's a it's a very interesting question um the reason why it's interesting is because there are a few uh common things that we all can do to build our emotional intelligence over a period of time irrespective of where we are mm-hmm. and there are a few I would talk about some of the common things because the specific things depends on when I when I coach individuals and on emotional intelligence, I look at the aspects where they lack and then focus on what they should do to plug the gap there. But certain common things are like um, listening is 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 a very powerful thing uh, to to build emotional intelligence. Okay. When I'm saying listening, you're not just what the person is saying. You're also very closely observing why the person is saying what the person is saying. Right? If if I'm if I'm happy, I even if I'm not conveying it, the other person, if the person can look at me, take the non-verbal cues, and then and then understand that I'm happy, that person's emotional intelligence levels keeps going up. At the same time, even if someone is saying something. Active listening is one of the things that we all should we all should practice very religiously. Okay. What I mean by active listening is behind the reason for why a person is making a statement. A lot of times we tend to hear so that we can respond. Unfortunately, people don't hear to understand. 
So we should focus on hearing why and and understanding why the person is talking, as opposed to responding. Because the moment you think, uh, the moment you hear to respond, what you are doing is you are processing whatever the person is saying, and at the same time you are processing the response. Mm-hmm. So you are not listening to what the person is saying properly, right? Uh, if let's say, for example, you say you didn't come on time, I am waiting for you to finish the question. so that i can say last time you also didn't come on time and you didn't apologize now you are asking me right instead of that when you say you didn't come on time if i say oh i'm sorry did you wait for very long was it very frustrating i know the weather is bad uh, i'm i'm very sorry for keeping you waiting now imagine what it does to you uh-huh. you are seeing me coming for late coming late uh, for the meeting because you you had to go through a lot of pain probably waiting in the scorching sun or standing alone at this particular point in time or you had to cancel something to come here you had to give up something to come here so all, there could be multiple things so if i really understand what you are going through that is that is called active listening okay so that's that's one that we can that we need to practice uh-huh. um the other things are um physical exercises and things like meditation and yoga they are known to uh, work more than normal physical exercises typically yoga and meditation are are known to kind of help people calm their minds down because when you calm your mind you tend to process things in a much better way right so there are a lot of studies that talk about the number of thoughts that go through our mind They range anywhere between sixty thousand to two hundred thousand thoughts. When our mind is going through so many thoughts, it becomes difficult to calm it down. Uh-huh. That's where both emotion, uh, uh, meditation, yoga, they tend to play a very big role in that. Now, when we do that, we, we tend to tend to calm things down, and 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 we are and we become very receptive to a whole lot of things. Okay. what others are saying what others so that also builds our empathy level mm-hmm. so building empathy becomes the third one uh, the third step to improve your emotional intelligence okay so these are a few things that 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 we can look at mm-hmm. doing on a regular basis for emotional intelligence okay other than that activities like uh, being thankful being humble uh all these things also play a very significant role in working on emotional intelligence okay so being humble is also uh, thing like working on one's ego right how to uh, be humble is also uh, yeah, to- a separate topic where we can speak of how do one person yeah. manage his own ego the ego management so right. this is something that even you uh, teach your clients on uh, ego management and uh... see it all depends on case to case basis so working with one's ego as long as ego doesn't become a problem mm-hmm. um we not work specifically on that okay okay um, over a period of time we manage our ego and then and then work through it but when it starts becoming larger than you that is when that is when the problem starts basically mm. irrespective of how big or 
now we are it's impossible to be without an ego yeah right there would be some element but we need to really ensure that it doesn't go out of our control basically mm-hmm. if if let's say for example you do something good and if i have uh, if if i can walk up to you mm-hmm. uh, look into you and genuinely appreciate you for doing that mm-hmm. then i think my ego is 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 okay it's okay. it's it's in a it's in a safe zone it's 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 not bigger larger than what it's supposed to be so in a, in a in a nutshell yes i i do help clients but working on that becomes very difficult because we are all so protective of our ego no you don't really hear anybody come and tell you that you know what i'm very egoistic right you rarely hear it <laughs> so what you are not without the client knowing yeah <laughs> so that that's that's part of the transformation that happens yeah. and as we start working on emotional intelligence you would you would also start working on your ego by and large so uh, your website website speaks about uh, core transformation so what is that what, what do you mean by core transformation can you just elaborate okay so it's a slightly long answer yeah um so if if you let's say for example the first time you met me or we we had a conversation over the phone mm-hmm. what you knew about was this is aditya mm-hmm. this guy is a life coach mm-hmm. is is an author is so and so yeah so all you know about me results or outcomes basically Mm-hmm. me being a life coach is an outcome of something me being an author is an outcome of the fact that i wrote a book or mm-hmm. a couple of books or whatever it is so like you if and and when i know you i know akash is a podcaster so that's an outcome basically you have done some podcasts you have you have achieved a certain level in your life and that is what i know you by mm-hmm. this particular outcome level close to 90 to 95% of the people in our life know us by our outcomes okay okay do that the reason why we get those outcomes is because of certain actions and certain competencies that we have built over a period of time certain actions we have taken or certain competencies we have built mm-hmm. like if you were working on when you were working to become a podcaster the first and foremost thing that you did was what is a podcast how do we do it what are what are the things that i should do how do i kind of build something around it what is it that so that process of the in the in that particular process you were taking certain actions mm-hmm. and you were building certain competencies as well mm-hmm. right so that is the next layer that particular layer is known to fewer people in your life mm-hmm. probably around 3 to 4% of the population an average i'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Below that layer, you wanted to become a podcaster because of certain reasons. There is there is a compelling reason where you're passionate about making a change. Mm-hmm. Okay, you probably wanted to build something which would help men uh, grow into men, be, be becoming men or whatever. 
you wanted to build that because you saw that people are suffering from lack of that or there is a need for that or whatever it could be so emotionally you got connected to it that's the reason why you've taken those actions to build the out to deliver the outcomes basically mm-hmm. so that is the what is a layer below the actions and competencies which comprises of your of your thoughts your behaviors your feelings uh, your beliefs so all these things form that layer mm-hmm. so that particular layer tends to be a very private layer not many people know of it probably 1% uh, or barely 2% of the population in your circle yeah. they know of that because it's a very private one mm-hmm. you know it because they were part of that or that particular part of the journey with you or they know it because you probably have shared with them mm-hmm. or they know it because they closely observe you day in and day mm-hmm. right now these thoughts these behaviors these these feelings uh, these things form because of a very core inside you and that particular core comprises of two things one is your core values mm-hmm. what are the values that and the second is the emotional intelligence which binds them together and and helps you take logical decisions and 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 take logical steps so that becomes your core when i'm talking of core transformation lot of times people come to me with or lot of people also uh, they only know that the results the the actions and competencies are not working because the results are not in sync with what we are expecting so we want to fix that Mm-hmm. and they expect to fix at that level but what is happening is the core is driving everything basically okay. when you change the score when you become the score when you become when you break some of the beliefs that are that are incorrect when you fix some of the thoughts that are that are not right you drive your actions and and competencies which in turn deliver your results so changing at the core changes everything in your life we mm-hmm. are why we are because of our core values And, and and how our emotional intelligence works with us these core values and beliefs they change over time right because of the experience that a person has because of uh, some instance that a person has these core values change so or does it not change so there are two schools of thoughts mm-hmm. okay and and a large part of work on core values is still underway across the world because it's an evolving part of it okay mm-hmm. one school of thought says that core values do not change okay okay they remain one school of thought says the other school of thought says that they do change but these are not something that change every single day they they are relatively permanent but mm-hmm. when there is a life changing event they do i am mm. a believer of this school of thought where core values do change and they do change over a period of time okay uh, the reason why i believe that is because i myself have seen my core values change in my life over a period of time okay not that day in and day out but when a when a transformational event occurs there might be a change in your core value and that's where emotional intelligence plays a very important role mm-hmm. in guiding whether you should change you should you should work on changing your core value or you should retain it basically okay so uh how do one figure out 
their core values interesting question okay um <clears throat> there are quite a there are i mean different coaches follow different ways to help people unearth their core values okay um and, and the reason why it is important for people to figure out i'll i'll come up with an example um, after telling you how how to kind how to identify the core values uh, a practical example of one of my coaching clients this okay so the way we have to our core values is we need to really sit sit back and take stock of things that are that are very very important for us mm-hmm. in our life like say for example for me respect is important okay mm-hmm. trust is important mm-hmm. money family could be important love could be important okay popularity may be important okay whatever they are identify those things look out for common words that 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 might be there read them out and then start try to stack rank them in 1 to 10 say that these are the 10 important things all the things that you identify once you identify those 10 you try to define what they mean what they mean to you basically mm-hmm. let's say for example if you if if money is important let's say okay so for some money might mean that it does it doesn't matter how i earn the money but i should get money some somebody might say some other person might say you know what i want to earn money by doing these rightful activities only mm-hmm. i don't want to go into the wrong identify and then earn money so your definition of what that value stands for you would you would write down the definition once you write down the definition it gives a clarity of what the word means to you okay then you will top 5 and they those five become your core value it could be 5 it could be 4 it could be 6 but i usually go with a number of 5 mm-hmm. and they, that is where identify them in a priority saying that this is my topmost one this is my second one this is my third fourth fifth now the reason why this becomes important is because knowingly or unknowingly we use these core values to take our decisions in our day to day life okay our life is at a particular because of our core values mm-hmm. okay now i'll give you the example of of individual uh, who i was coaching it's a very recent example that has happened where this particular uh, individual is going through uh, has taken certain decisions has taken a decision to come out of a relationship okay but the person has been constantly questioned by the near and dear ones saying that you shouldn't have broken that relationship mm-hmm. you should have continued with the relationship whereas individuals certain things were not working so that that person is broke broken the relationship but every time others question this person starts to doubting herself whether she did the right thing or not mm-hmm. now one of the exercises that i gave help her identify her core values and one of those core values was trust and since the trust was missing in the relationship she broke it down when she realized 
that this is the reason why she did it. She had so much of happiness. She was, she was so happy that yes, what I did was right. I was always doubting myself whether I did the right thing or not. Now I know why I did it that way. Okay. Right. So, so it becomes so very important. And and once that realization came in her, when people started questioning her whether whether what she did was right or wrong, now she knew what she did was right. She was not affected by those questions. Mm-hmm. So our awareness awareness level improves significantly when we know our core values. The other thing that might happen is a lot of times without we knowing, we may take decisions against our core values. Okay. And we tend to regret them later on. Mm-hmm. Now, if only we knew our core values, we probably would have taken the decision in a right way. Like it happened in my life where uh, I got a job offer which was giving me uh, X times of my current salary. I said, wow, this is great money. Let me take it and I took it. Uh-huh. Over a period of time, I went there, what I realized was that organization was highly discriminatory in nature. Uh-huh. So people of their clan the kind of respect that they get, others don't get it. Mm-hmm. And in no time, I moved out of that organization. And as I started looking back as to what is the mistake that I did, I in the list of my core values. So once the, once the realization has happened, every time I take up something, I would see whether respect is getting uh, its due or not. If it does, then I look for the other stuff. Okay. Awareness brings. Okay. So uh, next, uh, I want to speak about goal setting. So, uh, okay, and uh, types of goals also. Uh, there are some short-term goal, long-term goal. How how should one set goals? Because setting goals is one of the primary things, so that we can achieve achieve them. And uh, next part okay. of the question will come of after setting those goals, how do you go and achieve them? Is there any some scientific okay methods that is there that is already uh, laid out so let's speak about goal setting yeah sure so as you rightly pointed there are short-term goals and long-term goals mm-hmm. the first and foremost that we should realize or, or or figure out is what our long-term goal is going to be what is it that we want to do over a period of time it's a bit of a challenge for many people uh, not many tend to kind of pick it up very easily as to what their long-term goal is. Even if if that were so, so that aside, working on short-term goals is also equally important because they pave the path for us to achieve what we want to achieve in the long term. Okay. Uh, there are a lot, lot of uh, do's and don'ts in 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 uh, setting goals. But I talk. I will talk about a couple of pitfalls that that one should avoid 
while making while setting goals because we all make these mistakes and, and they they tend to be deal breakers quite often mm-hmm. the first and the fourth is when we are setting goals we don't include all the stakeholders okay in, in while setting the goal this is true for both personal and professional levels mm-hmm. when i talk about stakeholder the professional standpoint we know our manager could be a stakeholder our team could be a stakeholder a client could be a stakeholder fine um, there's another stakeholder which many ignore i'll i'll come to it a little later on but in personal life we don't one most often we don't even set goals even if we set goals we just sit down and do it by ourselves we don't include our stakeholders our stakeholders could be our life partner okay our extended family so these are these are people from from that standpoint or friends they tend to become your stakeholders but not just that there are certain other aspects of your of your of yourself like your person your uh, your uh, your spirituality let's say for example that is a stakeholder now you work on certain things but your spiritual side is not taken care of you might start feeling the void that could so you need to look at that it could be also like say for example you're you're working for everything but you're not doing anything to upskill yourself or learn something new that could that could be another stakeholder so when i'm saying stakeholder it's not just a human form it could be your inner uh, inner aspects of your personality so you have to consider all these things when forming goals right now in professional side while we while we identify team manager uh, client as stakeholders the biggest miss is self we don't include ourselves okay a lot of times if if the goal is all about getting it for the stakeholders you're not doing anything for, for yourself over a period of time you start becoming disinterested don't feel close to that goal for yourself in that particular goal so what is it that you tend to do for you you want to do for yourself in this particular year so including the goal for self becomes very very important so that that that, that becomes very important involving all the stakeholders early on uh, is is another thing and go deep while while setting goals don't don't stay superficial okay the, reason why one needs to go deep is because for all of us while we might have 10 different goals or 10 15 different goals or five different goals or whatever it is there would probably be one single goal which which is going to be the biggest of them all uh-huh. we probably don't talk about that i i call it the big g the big goal okay. the reason why i call call that is because even if we achieve everything else and miss out on this we would tend to be incomplete we would tend to be unhappy and it may or may not be very very fruitful for us so this particular big g for every stakeholder for us to be able to identify that we need to really go deep and understand their needs and while we are working on the other goals working on this particular big g becomes very very delivery becomes very very right so 
that is that is that is very crucial when it comes to setting the goals okay so once you set a uh, lot of times we fail in achieving the goals because we set the goals at our conscious mind level our logical mind level okay which is probably 5 to 10 total 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 brain okay the conscious mind that is there you need to work on getting it accepted basically so you really need to see what achieving these goals means to you why is it so important for you to achieve these goals connect to it at an emotional level so when you see when you see a particular and that's the reason that is where a big g can help you basically when you, when you see a very big goal very crucial goal you say wow when i achieve this this is going to change the life okay it's going to transform everything or oh, this is a very big thing and my stakeholder would be very happy which will make me also very happy uh-huh. so identify this at an emotional level you are well connected with your goals the goals that you have set once you are connected with them it's just a matter of diligently following uh, the plan that you set out and then achieving it i'm not talking about uh, preparing goal sheets project reports timelines uh, smart way of setting goals and all those things because that is there everywhere even after you have all those things a lot of people are not able to achieve the goals mm-hmm. because they are not aligned at their subconscious mind level once that alignment happens trust me even if you don't have those project planners you would be able to go and achieve those goals okay so you me uh, you you just in a to while starting about goal setting you told involve the uh, stakeholders right so how do you do that you mean to say that uh, you need to go and uh, the important stakeholders of my life they should be aware of my goals and uh, so that they can help me in future or uh, help me through the process or how do you actually involve the stakeholders uh, while goal setting so it it, it in, in a professional life it becomes in a professional scenario it becomes a lot easier because there is a set process okay so even there it always is important to sit with them from time to time understand what their priorities are mm-hmm. so that you can see how you can help those bake them into your goals mm-hmm. the same thing you can do it at your personal goals mm-hmm. okay but unfortunately it doesn't become an annual conversation it should not become an annual conversation it has to be an ongoing conversation where you are talking to people and when you see a need creeping up let's say for example um you are there okay uh, your wife has been constantly complaining about the bad design of the kitchen which is which is making her very difficult for her to work in in the kitchen mm-hmm. because that work is extremely important for the entire family because that that's the lifeline there the food comes from there right and if she is if she is not able to effectively perform there it 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 is not helping anybody mm-hmm. that becomes her big g basically so you would probably tell her you know what for the next 5 6 months there's going to be a little difficult i mean it's going to be a little difficult financially but in the next one year i'll try to work through it mm-hmm. in the meantime let's see what are the small changes that we can becomes one of goal okay right so that's where you involved 
right so it 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 is not a formal conversation but it's the routine daily conversation from which you are picking these things up mm-hmm. right so you probably say okay fine let me understand it better so that i can work towards it so one day you take over the kitchen and then you you see what what challenges it is throwing you may probably be able to bring in some outside perspective to fix small small things in the short run and then long run go for a overall kitchen overall basically so it it comes in different shapes and sizes like your child might be asking something i mean probably your child is too young enough but mm-hmm. uh but it it could be your parents asking for something be your friend saying hey, you know what every year we go on on a solo trip uh to to kind of keep our uh life together and, and come together and and have a good time you always miss it this year we don't want you to miss it so that becomes their big g okay so you have to figure out how could you do that particular trip so our life goals unfortunately are not structured as our as our um, professional goals are that that the main reason for that is lot of things in life we tend to take them for granted mm-hmm. unless and until is the mode we don't we don't realize what we were missing okay so that's where involving the stakeholders become very becomes very very important okay and you said your goals should be connected with your subconscious mind right um because most of them just do uh, goal setting on a conscious level so how how do one ensure that like if it is connected with your subconscious mind or not how how can one ensure that let, let, let's take a small example okay if you are if you are if you are conscious mind level let's say for example your friends come to you okay and we were talking about this this uh, in the previous conversation where we were saying that your friends annually go for a annual uh, they all get together uh, all the friends come together they all go to let's say a goa or a shimla or wherever uh, for for like 3 4 days to bond basically keep that relationship alive you feel that it's not needed because we are friends why do we really need to bond every year and of course i have so many professional challenges i have this i have that so that's your logical mind telling that it's not needed mm-hmm. so when they come to you and say well, you have to make it subconsciously you know convinced that it is needed logically your logical mind is saying that okay fine since you are saying if i say no you would feel bad i would say yeah i will definitely make it this year uh-huh. okay again okay. uh, it's a parallel between a subconscious mind conscious mind and what we tend to do most of the times but hand on heart you are not convinced that you should go with them to keep the relationship alive because you feel that the relationship would stay alive irrespective of that okay so no matter what you would not go that year also irrespective in, in spite of the fact that if you feel the same thing happens with our conscious and subconscious mind if, if the connection is not there it would not happen for us to be able to connect to it we should see any any achievement that happens it happens twice Mm-hmm. the first time happens in your mind the second time it happens in reality okay so every what we are setting the first and the foremost is you should visualize 
that the goal is accomplished how would it look like when the goal is accomplished let's say uh, if if you are trying to if you if you say that you want to build a house in next one year okay the first and foremost is you should mentally visualize how the house is going to be how happy all of you are going to be when you are in that house how proud your parents would be when they see that their child has, has built such a beautiful house how happy your wife would be that you you have come up with such a beautiful uh, house uh, and you've gifted that house to her okay. and how peaceful you would be because you are no longer at the mercy of a landlord or uh, or a house owner you don't have to pay monthly rent and all this so you have to visualize that in your mind when you visualize that when you connect with the with the emotions that are that are going to come because of achieving that goal you are doing your your working on connecting it at your subconscious mind once that connection happens and this has to happen not because i'm saying but it has to happen because you really want it only then it would be effective mm-hmm. if you're doing it just because i'm saying it again becomes a transaction the emotion part of it is missing in that right so the first and foremost is to make it make that goal a success in your mind okay once that happens it happens in reality also that's a nice way that you put i actually the goal is achieved twice once in your mind and once in reality that was a nice thing to hear <laughs> and it's it's a reality and it is the truth for every other goal which yeah. we have then at least in my life I think this is the reality. So once the goal is set, right? The- yeah. Okay. <laughs> once I'm the thing is everybody. Yeah, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And uh, we need to chase that goal so that we achieve it finally, right? And a lot of discipline is required. So we all fall prey for this procrastination. Even I am. Uh, even yeah. I fall prey to procrastination. I keep. thinking that i will do it and i am going to do this only when there is dire necessity when i know that i have to do this that's when i do it so what is the pill for procrastination like how do we tackle this see we are not procrastinating breathing yeah you never do whether we want it or not it happens if you are hungry you don't postpone eating 9 out of 10 times mm-hmm. postpone eating probably only on two occasions one is there's no food to eat so there's no other option but to live with hunger for some more time or two you're doing something which is really 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 important mm-hmm. that your hunger can wait yeah only in these two instances you postpone eating otherwise the moment you are hungry you go and eat you're not procrastinating that mm-hmm. the things that we feel that we connect to that we that we feel are important that we connect to we don't procrastinate them okay procrastinate something only when you feel that it is not important at that point yeah so 
if if you really want to get something done you have to first see why you should get it done why is it so important to do that and how is it getting connected to you inside and what is the emotion that you want to get by doing it once you kind of once you kind of work through this trust me you we only postpone things where we feel that they are not important uh-huh. so like i'm i'm sitting on a couch okay and my wife tells me once milk is boiling go and turn it off and i am on my phone or on my laptop or or doing something or watching something i don't hear happens with many men yeah with me also here the milk starts boiling he is inside the house in the bedroom or somewhere he could smell the milk boiling uh-huh. i am sitting just a away from it i couldn't smell it yeah when she yells at me that's when i am like oh okay for me what is important is to is to not invite her anger so i get up and then turn off the milk i'm not turning off the milk because it's important for me to turn it off yeah or when the milk and and the flame is put off but the gas is 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 going all over the place Uh-huh. then i go and turn it off because of question of life and death yeah the gas leakage and all that stuff so it's either or is when is 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 when i would turn it off not in 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 a real life city i mean not in a normal situation uh-huh. so for the task if you want to do something really you need to really see why you are connected to that task and how you are connected to that task uh-huh. once you determine that becomes easier for you to achieve you want tend to procrastinate it i think the right follow up for this question is something whatever you do with passion i don't think you can procrastinate that that is what you can do it with love right so uh, i i see many of them telling complaining that uh, i am not sure what i am good at i don't feel passionate about anything so how, how do you unearth one's passion like if someone comes and tells you i don't know what my passion is i just go to work i just come back i watch movies on netflix or something i not very sure i don't feel passionate about anything i've heard many of them uh, tell this so how do how do one unearth their passion right because once the passion is found i think goal setting everything everything just falls in line right yeah so it's again a fantastic question the reason is if you, okay before i answer this question i want us to look back at our lives how how we have we have grown up and what kind of environment in which we operate okay i'll talk first about the corporate environment and then our personal environment in corporate environment how does an annual appraisal work your manager comes to you and tells you these are your three strengths these are your three weaknesses and i want you to come up with a plan on how you would improve on your weaknesses mm-hmm. cut life to cut 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 the scene take it down to your uh, personal life all our personal lives all through our life we have heard our teachers talking about you weak in this strengthen this 
friends, family, everybody talking about you're weak in this, you work on this, you work on your weaknesses, you work on your weaknesses. So let's flip that. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's flip it and closely observe people who are successful. Okay. Let's take the example of a, uh, of, of a badminton player like PV Sindhu mm-hmm. okay. or a cricket player like such or a Virat Kohli. Okay. So what did they, what did those guys do? They didn't work on their weaknesses. They worked on their strengths. For people to be successful, people should work on their strengths, mm-hmm. not on their weaknesses. I tell a fish that you can't climb a tree, the fish will never ever be able to even swim. Forget climbing a tree. Yeah. So, and, and that's the sad story. Like an organization hires you for your strengths and talks to you on working on your weaknesses. I mean, how funny is it? Yeah. Right? The same thing happens. So, if someone says that I didn't find my passion, it's because you're still in the mode of working on your weaknesses. I should work on my weakness only if it is coming on the way of executing my strength. Otherwise, I should be okay to live with my weaknesses. Come on, I'm a human being. I'm not God. Yeah. Right. So what do I do? If I don't, if I didn't find my passion, just spend a few minutes for yourself, sit down calmly and look back at your life when you were the happiest. When did you do something which made you very happy? Mm-hmm. List down those things. A little bit deeper into each one of those you'll be able to find out what you're good at. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, not all the times, but most of the times, what you're good at could also be because of the passion that is there behind it. Mm-hmm. Most of the times, it's, it may not be all of the times. Sometimes what your passion is, you may not be good at, but you would probably work on it over a period of time to make it your strength. So, like say for example, um, I have a mentor. That's where having mentors and coaches helps. Uh-huh. So, I'm a finance professional. I'm a chartered accountant. I'm a numbers guy. Uh-huh. Very much number oriented. Okay, Typical of a CFO would be like. So, over a period of time, I started realizing that every time I work with an individual, I started feeling happy. When I work helping an individual uh, scale up, uh-huh. I used to feel happy about it. Uh-huh. And when I started talking to my about it, my mentor said, okay, why don't you explore coaching? Why don't you explore emotional intelligence and things like that? As I started exploring them, I started figuring out, figuring out that this is what I like. Uh-huh. This is what I like in finance. So that's how I discovered my passion. When I discovered my passion, I started working more on it to strengthen that. But I'm continuing to work on it. It's not that it has ended anywhere. Yeah. It's something progress. So sometimes you discover your passion and you start working on strengthening it, making it your strength. Uh-huh. Or you have a strength which has a passion behind it. You work on 
honing it, you work on enhancing it. But if you focus on your weaknesses, you would never, you would, you would go nowhere, basically. Correct. I think that was a very good point that you mentioned. Because all our life, we have been only told that, please work on your weakness, please work on your weakness. And I think we should, it's time that we should start working on our strengths so that we can build it more and then we can achieve really something which we are passionate about. So thank you, Aditya. Thank you for all your insights. So before we wind this off, any final words, final takeaway that you want to just summarize on uh, this podcast? So what I what I tell people is that the the only thing that's important is your self awareness. Mm-hmm. The more you are aware of yourself, the better your life would be, and the more useful you'll be for the people around you. So start working on your self awareness, and once your self awareness starts increasing, mm-hmm. you would be able to see to see in the way your life is. So, so just focus on your self-awareness. That's the first step. Yeah. If you can't change yourself, you can't change anything. Yeah. So, so it's it's very important to build self-awareness. So, thank you, thank you, Aditya. So, with this, I would really want to thank you for um, giving insights about coaching and life coaching and how to figure out one core values and emotional intelligence and finally passion. I think these are very good points that uh, we have put out uh, Nandesh and me. And I will come back to you if listeners come back with some questions and um, which usually happens uh, uh, after the uh, podcast is out. And um, I'll thank you again. Thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks a lot, Akash, for giving me this opportunity. I'm blessed and uh, it's wonderful. It's wonderful talking to you.